Golden State Warriors basketball. This is the Mark Jackson Show. I don't go with what the norm is. My goal from day one is to not be an average coach. Curry, pull up three. Good! Now here's Mr. T on the Sports League. It is now time for the Mark Jackson Show. He comes to us courtesy of the Ring Central guest line. He's also presented by Stanford Hospital and Clinics, the official team physicians of the Golden State Warriors. To learn more, visit stanfordhospital.org and brought to you by Bryant Heating and Cooling Systems. For a local dealer, visit bryant.com. Bryant, whatever it takes. What's up, Jack? All is well. Where does that rank last night's performance, Steph Curry's performance? Well, it's really in the discussion for uh, certainly any anyone that I've seen in the garden. And I'm a guy that was born and raised in New York City. Um, I watched a lot of, you know, great performances. I think the difference is, you know, uh, a couple of the other ones left out of there with numbers and also the W. Yep. So that's the only difference. Other than that, uh, individual performances, it was a thing of beauty. Is Reggie Miller's the best? Well, I, I, you know, Michael Jordan came back and gave 55. Uh, Reggie Miller had spectacular moments. LeBron had, you know, a spectacular night. Um, and then Kobe. So I think uh, those guys and Steph fits right in. You know, Reggie down the stretch, he yeah. had, a, you know, a 50-something. But uh, down the stretch, he carried and he had, you know, stretches where he scored 20, 20 straight. But uh, what Steph did last night with us being shorthanded, with their defense geared to, towards stopping him, uh, was unbelievable. Are you okay with the suspension to Lee, the fines, uh, everything that happened during that fight? No, I don't agree with it. Really? Uh, I accept it. The reason why I don't agree with it is because uh, the initial, um, I guess, contact was made between Hibbert and, and David. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> that was all David did from there. You know, Hibbert, how can he have the same suspension? Uh, when he does that, and then he tosses Steph, you know, three times, uh, and then he goes into the stands. So I don't agree with it. Okay. Um, but that being said, they made the ruling. You live with it and you move forward. Could I make the argument? Would you agree with the argument that no matter what the size of somebody, and Steph came running up on Hibbert, that if somebody comes running up on you during during a situation like that where I've said, you know, you're kind of on high alert during those situations because you never know what anybody's thinking that he was within his right to, to shove him aside a couple times when he came up to him. Well, it sounds good, and I understand the logic <laughs> as far as uh, where, where we come from, but at the end of the day, that's not the way that the league does it, mm-hmm. and you know it. They yeah. say if a guy runs up on you, you don't have the right to re- react. Yeah. Uh, your job is to, to eliminate um, it escalating to a different to a different level, and Hibbert did not do that, not once, not twice, but three times. Okay. Have you been in those situations before as a player? Um, I, I really wasn't a guy, and, I, and I'm a guy that truly believes there's no, you know, gangsters or thugs in the NBA or in sports. You know, you can, you know, I'd run up to a guy and say something, knowing that worst case scenario, it's one punch or one shove, and everybody's breaking it up. So there's nobody that's, you know, that, that's looking for fights in in professional sports. So I never got into it, mm-hmm. and at the end of the day, I, I was never a guy that was looking to fight anyway. I thought it was more entertaining. 
something to ask, and I just I can't now. I just got we have to let that one breathe a bit. Um, the Curry game. I want to get back to the Curry game just because. Uh, I mean, I know Tom's going to get off on the. How many times did you want to hit a guy in the face tangent? But uh, I did not. I did not. I could sense. Absolutely it. did not. No. Um, the the thing that struck me. I'm glad we're entertaining you. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> If you just want to sit back and listen to us bickered, Mark, just let us know. No, I do that all the time. <laughs> um, the, one of the things that struck me about Curry's game last night is that so few of the shots he took seemed forced or sort of out of context of the rhythm of the game. And if my memory serves right, when a guy scores that many, typically there's a point at which he decides, well, this is about me. And I'm going to become the focal point of this game. And I never got the sense that Curry made the game about him. Am I am I looking at this through too rosy a, a view, or is that what you saw as well? No, I agree with you. And I think um, the difference is he got his looks in, in the set offense. Uh, guys did that work, did the work for him, setting great screens creating offense and then finding him. And then more importantly, we played at our pace. So he got the ball in transition. Uh, defense was, was collapsing. And, he, you know, he's a great shooter. So it was, you know, stop and pop at the three-point line, which is, you know, it was a great look for us. But ultimately, I, I agree with you. I think he could have been a lot more selfish. But Steph Curry is a team player, and he wanted to leave there with a win. And he played within himself, got great looks, and uh, had a spectacular night. Did you see where Clay Thompson got fined twice for that incident in Indiana? No, I did not. That's right. NBA fined him 35000 and because his checks are sent to his mom and dad so they can kind of help him with the money the first couple of years in the NBA, Michael said uh, he's fining him too. <laughs> How that great is just, that? That sounds just like Michael Thompson too. <laughs> Michael said, I wish I had the quote uh, right here in front of me, but he said everything was good and he saw him standing over there and he says, uh, "Don't." Oh, here it is. I'll read it to you, Mark. He said, I saw Clay in the mix in the beginning tied up with George Hill. I said to myself, now don't do anything stupid now. Don't throw a punch. Don't throw the ball at anybody. Then Roy Hibbert turned his back, and Clay said, now's my chance. And I said, you idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, though. It, it's, it said a lot about uh, the, the togetherness of, of this basketball team. And not, not anything dirty, but they, they, were, they were together. And uh, Steph went down. Steph got David's back, and then everybody, you know, the guys on the floor, not looking to do anything dirty, but just to send a message that this group is tied together. Yeah, of course, Lee and Hibbert were like Conrad Dobler. They started it, and then they left the fracas. Yeah, I think at the – well, Lee left the fracas. Not well, well Hibbert was on his way out, too, well, after he threw somebody. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it was a very physical basketball game. It and was. What you want in those situations is, is for, you know, the referees to take control of – of of the physicality so it doesn't, you know, go to another level. They play, I mean, you guys played them uh, earlier this year. You beat them, so you split with Indiana. But they do. I mean, they're long, they're aggressive, they're physical, they get after you on the on the defensive end. Does that kind of game help get a team ready for the stretch run, knowing that when, when things get amped up toward the last month of the season, that's the way – Everybody kind of starts going about their business. They, they, everybody wants to make the playoffs. It means a little bit more at the end of the season. You can see the light at the end of the tunnel, and those are some of the things you're going to have to fight through to end up getting to where you want to get. Yeah, ultimately it makes you a better basketball team and it prepares you for down the road. 
because those are the type of games we're going to be in. That's the type of pressure we're going to face where we have to execute down the stretch. And uh, we're going to have to continue to get tougher, continue to play much more physical, and be prepared because when the stakes are raised, you're playing against teams that's, that's you know playing their best basketball, they're playing with a sense of urgency, and they're playing with a lot more force. Um, given what you now know about the fact that Clay Thompson's fined by the league and by his parents, would you give any thought to walking up to him and saying, by the way, the club is finding you too, just to see the look on his face? <laughs> no. <laughs> you know, the funny thing is, I don't think Clay's uh, look would change. It's going to be the same play. <laughs> hey, I couldn't tell. You can't tell if he's 10 for 10 or over 10. Yeah, and I thought, you know, <clears throat> I thought Steph, you know, had a big night. And uh, to lose that game, you think about the shots, you know, that, that Clay makes in his sleep. Mm-hmm. He had some great looks. It just was a tough night for him. But, you know, we would take those shots any any day of the week. What did it feel like for you walking back into the garden as a coach? You know, it was great. I talked about it. It was, um, as a kid, I dreamt about being a, a player uh, in the garden on a professional level. I dreamt about being an announcer uh, at the garden. And I dreamt about, you know, coaching at the garden and, and, Really, I thought it was going to be just another day at the office, but um, it wasn't. You know, it was an opportunity for me to have some closure on my dream. Um, and and I saw a lot of faces, a lot of familiar faces. My wife, for the first time, came to a, you know, a road game that wasn't in L.A. And uh, my mom was there, so I just got a chance to see some some special people in my life. And and uh, also, you know, whether it be just you know the the, the security workers or the people that worked around the garden when I was a young kid to see them and for them to also realize, you know, because they're part of my dream also. They they were there when I was a kid dreaming of this, so it was awesome. So more fun if you could rank them, and maybe you can't even rank them, but first game at St. John's in the garden, first game as a Nick in the garden, first game as a coach in the garden, first time saying hand down, man down in the garden. <laughs> I will probably say uh, it's a tie between my first time being uh, probably, I would probably say it's a very close one. Second place would be my first time as a player mm-hmm. uh, being a Nick at the Garden because as a college player, you don't appreciate it. You don't really yeah. know. As a pro, I, I had arrived at, at my dream, and now last night uh, I'm a guy looking at it with all the miles and all the moments behind, realizing it wasn't just a dream, and I've been through everything for it to come to that moment, I had a brand new appreciation for it, and uh, it was just special. It, it's I, I know you were talking about your dream, and it just struck me that you may be the only living human who ever wanted to be Walt Frazier, Marv Albert, and and uh, Red Holtzman all at the same time. Well, I tell you what, the only correction is I wanted to be Earl Monroe. Uh, I wasn't a Walt Frazier guy. Earl Monroe was my guy. I wore number fifteen up until my high school uh, years when the guy that was older than me had number 15. I had to change it. But I was an Earl Monroe guy. I was pretending to be Marv Albert, and I was pretending to be Red Holzman. So you're right about that. Yes, and it counts. (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't couldn't quite get that down, and that's why I went with, you know, the mama there goes that man or the hand down man. (laughs) Well, just put a little uh, lemon juice in your hair, maybe lighten it up, and then you can be a little like Marv. Who knows? Talking to Mark Jackson, head coach of the the Golden State Warriors. Where are we at with with Bogut right now? Well, you know, I haven't spoken to him in, in you know since we left. 
uh, but our training staff and the doctors and you know he's continuing to rehab and get treatment and we're going to play it by ear and make sure that when he comes back he's fine it's no rush mm-hmm. uh, we're going to be patient understanding that you know it's it's a demand on the body to come back and this is something that we're, we're going to pay attention to so our job is to continue to do our work and uh, he'll continue to get treatment and, and you know we'll figure out when he's ready to go and we'll take it from there here's a question and i don't know if there's a precise answer to this one mark uh the words are better with andrew bogut at 100 percent i don't there's, i don't think there's anybody that would question that and if they did they wouldn't know basketball but are the warriors better are you guys better with a andrew bogut at 80 percent or at 75 Five percent, like a healthy Bogut, but maybe not a Bogut that's healthy enough to do everything that he can do when he's healthy. I, I'm I'm curious. Do you have any thoughts on that and when it's better, or if he's ready to go, we put him in and just you do what we do. I mean, how how do you say he's not quite there yet, and maybe we're not as good with a eighty percent Bogut, but we would be with a hundred percent Bogut. Well, what I will say is that's not a fair question, uh, even though it's a it's a, a real question. At the end of the day. Um, we have to stay true to the process. Mm-hmm. And I said that all along. The reason why is because he's not going to step on the floor and be 100%. So in order to have 100% Bogut, we've got to experience the 80 or 90% Bogut. Okay. Uh, we've got to experience the guy that plays 20 minutes a night, then 25 minutes a night, then 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 you know 30 minutes and you move forward. Uh, so it's really not fair to him. What we look at is say when he's right, we're going to be a much better basketball team. And he's that good where we're patient enough to, to, to stay true to the process. But we need him as a basketball player. The things he does on the floor, he's proven. And he's much better than what we have with all due respect. He's done it at this level. So we're just looking forward to him being 100%. Can you explain, because it's something that I asked Jared Jack earlier today, and he didn't really have an explanation for it. You guys were much better defensively. Before he came back, after he came back, you put there after he uh, left for the second time, you put together some much better defensive performances. And it could be a bunch of different factors. The competition was was really good when he came back. You guys were almost at the all-star break, and you guys were a little fatigued, I thought, at that point. So I wouldn't lay it all on him. I wouldn't lay a lot of it on him. But it, when you watch the tape and watch the film, were there things that the team wasn't doing when he was on the court as opposed to they were doing it when he wasn't on the court? What were some of the factors maybe that uh, – or was it just an aberration that it was just one of those points of the year where you guys kind of had a little bit of a collapse on defense? Well, I think a combination of all those things. And at the end of the day, we played better teams, and we were not sharp, mm-hmm. as sharp as we were early on defensively, individually or collectively. You go through moments like that, you go through stretches like that, and uh, I think ultimately that that's what it was. But we'll get better. We'll get better when he's here, and, and we're forced to get better when he's not here. But at the end of the day, I, I don't think it's fair to say it's an Andrew Bogut problem. Our problems defensively was a Warriors problem. Okay. And before I let you go, uh, Ray and I were discussing this a little bit earlier on. Do you, do, you, do you think you know where Mark might fall on this one, Ray? Yeah, I got a pretty good sense. <laughs> God, <laughs> oh, we were just talking about Steph and his 54-point uh, performance last night and being that it was in Madison Square Garden, and I said that it was a big deal because it was Madison Square Garden. And <laughs> the only reason I bring it up because I know you'll agree because you're from there and played there. I it just What is it about Madison Square Garden? I mean, what is it about it that makes it a special place? Jarrett said it's just everything. It's the concerts. It's the boxing. It's the history. It's just the it, – it's, it's a basketball mecca, I guess, if you want to say that. I don't – I just think it's New York. I mean, it's New yeah. York. It's MSG. That's what makes it 
that's what makes it a, a big deal. And I'm a West Coast guy saying that. My place was the Forum. If something happened in the Forum, I thought it was pretty pretty cool. But what is it about Madison Square Garden that people, when they do something well there, they say that was kind of a that was kind of a big deal? Yeah, well, you can you know, there's folks that can deny it, but it's the truth. The bottom line is, it's New York City, is the brightest lights, and it's the history, not just the basketball history, but you know, the, the concerts, the Frank Sinatra's, the Michael Jackson's, the Muhammad Ali and Joe Frazier battle, you know. Uh, uh, you can go on and on, the, the Michael Jordan. Uh, so the great moments in the history of that arena, uh, and, 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 and it's just incredible to be part of it. And at the end of the day, it's the brightest lights with the brightest stars sitting courtside. And, and, and uh, Steph Curry now uh, is in the conversation with, with the greats that have performed there and have – have had special nights, but there's, uh, with all due respect to every other place, there's there's no place like it. I remember when I scored 11 there, it felt like 16. <laughs> I had my chest puffed out a little bit. Got I little, bet you did. Yeah, my chest puffed out. <laughs> uh, it's hey. no Salt Lake City. <laughs> hey, Jack, always appreciate the time. Thanks once again for coming on. Best of luck, uh, Boston and Philly. We'll look forward to checking in again with you next week. Absolutely. Good talking to you guys. All right. Take it easy, Jack. Head coach of the Golden State Warriors.